0: Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, and we are here with
1: Jimbo. Let's go
0: baseball, baseball! And uh, Jimbo saw me today, and he said, "Dude, what happened to your face?" As I trimmed my beard way too low, it's been the it's the lowest it's been in probably four years, maybe four years. Seriously, yeah, probably. So, oh gosh, yeah, so we're we're testing out a new look, bald head, short beard, terrible look, uh, but my wife likes it, so I guess that's the mm. only person I really need to uh, appease. After that, who cares, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: So uh we're going with this new beard into uh, a little talk we have not really touched on too much in Dinging Corners, and that's because I know people don't generally like it but i love it and so i will give you a slight plea just stick with us stick just with start, us start. and maybe we'll be able to change your mind a little bit on this one thing
1: and that is pitching cards yeah i mean to be honest with you i was that was me a year ago did i change your mind
0: or did somebody else change your mind
1: no you 100 percent changed my mind 100 that's what we like to hear just making sure could have been yeah. somebody else. You never know. Nah,
0: who else um, would I listen to? I, hey, so many good guys out there. Yeah, you're right. Um, but real quick backstory for everyone: when Aaron and I started investing, or Aaron started investing um, into cards, he took he took exactly one year off, and before his one year off, as like a senior in high school. Um, he had just been doing basketball and football. He'd never touched baseball, right? And then I went and visited him and his family, and uh, I was asking about cards, and he wasn't investing. I was like, dude, well, if you did invest, I would invest in a couple of these guys. Ronald Lacuna was one of them. Blake Rutherford was another. Thank goodness he didn't invest in him. (laughs) And then Forrest Whitley was another. Forrest Whitley. And Forrest Whitley, a pitcher. And obviously, I didn't know anything about Pitchers not being valuable cards in the Bowman Chrome market at that time. I just knew that he was really good. I really liked him. I thought he was going to blow up. Um, And so Aaron went with Forrest Whitley, and he turned $2,000 into $6,000 profit in a summer off of a pitcher back in like 2017, maybe 2018. 2017? I don't remember remember when Forrest Whitley came out. But anyways, so so for Aaron turned a lot of a little money or a, a significant amount of money into a more significant amount of money on a pitcher, and then we saw I saw the success, and so you know next year we bought a little Nate Pearson's together, some Griffin Canning, um, mm. made money on all of it, which is funny oh. to say because you know where have Griffin Canning and Nate Pearson gone since then, mm-hmm. and where is Forrest Whitley gone since then? Down. The I was tube. just thinking that I was like, where is he? Yeah. Um, they they have they have all been injured ineffective at points. Uh, but when we sold, we made money because, you know, don't hold pitchers. <laughs> don't hold Never. pitchers. Um, and so there's avenues to make money and there's avenues to make good money, especially if you don't have a huge budget. You look at some of these guys coming out of draft and it's $150, $200 for a base auto where you can get an interesting pitcher, base auto, for seven dollars six dollars and like similar tier right where it's like oh man this dude is super interesting i'll bring up jacob masierkowski again because you know he's six seven touches a hundred um interesting secondary pitches and he plays on the brewers that's an interesting guy cam collier is a very interesting hitter right uh high school young and everything so like Jacob Mysterkowski is not a high school pitcher or anything, but it, it's it's just one of those things where, like, upside wise, considering Brewers' uh, pitching development, I would equal them to be like the same kind of upside on like on field production. Oh, Maybe okay. that's a bit of a stretch, but you get my point. Um, Jacob Mysterkowski autos I can probably get for five to seven dollars right now. Cam Collier, I'm putting up a hundred thirty. 140 and so that's why if you are working on a budget like you can do you can buy actual nice cards of these dudes for cheap and get actual talent actual legitimate top 100 type talents for dirt cheap and so that's what we're going to go through today i think uh jimbo had a question for me i'm you, let's have you pose that to me so that everyone can hear it so that we figure out why we're talking about this
1: my question to Nate was actually a couple couple days ago. My question to him was I was like, dude, how are you always hitting on these on the pitchers? Cuz if you think about last year, he picked Dylan Cease for we always do uh, like Cy Young winner, MVP, all that fun stuff before the season. Last year he picked Dylan Cease, this year he picked Joe Ryan. Dylan Cease went off last year, Joe Ryan's going off this year. So I, te- I was I just texted him. I was like, dude, like what how what did you know that I didn't know? And how did you, like, how did you, why did you pick these guys? And that was basically where it all started. Yep.
0: And that was his question. And so now I am here to give answers to why and what I look at when judging pitchers, because honestly, for me, um, I find judging pitchers to be significantly easier than judging hitters. And (sighs) also a lot more safe for personally, for me, because I feel much more confident in it, and the prices are much lower. Whereas yeah. if I miss on a pitcher, I missed on 7 bucks. If I miss on a hitter, like I bought a Hedbert Perez, and I told everyone, I was like, look. For me, this is a Brewer's prospect auto. If he misses, I have a Brewer's prospect auto. If he hits, mm-hmm. I'm ecstatic. I spent $100 on it. Big miss. Gigantic yeah. miss, right? For the normal person who isn't a Brewers fan, you're out a hundred bucks, and that's miserable. For a Brewers fan, it's like whatever. You know, I've got Brewers prospect auto. It was a fun, well lasted, and it you know wasn't meant to be. So, um, he, there's a couple things I look for when looking at pitchers, depending on if it's a prospect or depending on if it's a pitcher in the majors. Um, which one should we cover first? Major league majors. pitchers. Majors. Yep. Okay. So, when I'm looking at major league pitchers specifically, I go two different avenues. Um, and I have really a third avenue as well. Um, but one avenue is, is said pitcher good, have they added another pitch, right? So, like a couple of years ago, Frankie Montas added another pitch. Um, ability to get lefties and righties out, he had shown some interesting stuff. He had shown better command because he had uh, he had lessened up on his fastball instead of chucking 101 miles per hour straight, he was throwing 97 with wild movement. And I believe at the time he added a splitter to complement his slider, I don't really remember his arsenal mm-hmm. right now, right? And so I was like, All right, seeing this splitter, it looked good on Twitter. I'm not a pitching genius by any means, but it looked good on Twitter. and I was like, all right, dude's throwing 97 with movement. He has a splitter that is good enough where they're reporting on it and he's comfortable enough pitching it, throwing it in games, because that's a big thing. You can hear about pitches, but they're not comfortable throwing it in games. Mm -hmm. If they're comfortable enough to announce it and to talk about it and stuff, they're probably comfortable enough Mm -hmm. to throw it in the game. Because I imagine, and I could be wrong, that pitchers are always working on pitches Mm -hmm. and that they're not comfortable throwing into the game. So you never hear about it. So yep. if you've get, gotten far enough where you hear about it, that's where I'm like, all oh, right, he has a third pitch. And so Frankie Montas went off for half a season and then got popped for PEDs. Um, and I mean, <laughs> when, when I say buying Frankie Montas, I'm talking, I bought a gold auto of his for like $7. $7? I, I bought a gold non-auto first of his for a dollar. Like dirt cheap, dirt cheap stuff. <laughs> because the autos weren't the autos weren't Bowman Chrome firsts. He had gotcha. Bowman Chrome first and then the non-auto first. So like that's like the type of stuff I like. So uh you bring up Joe Ryan. He he had good stats last year, um, pretty solid stats, three five five ERA and 147 innings, uh slightly more strikeouts than innings pitched at 151 to 147. Um 110 ERA plus, uh, 1,001 uh, walks, hits per inning pitched. Like everything was looking pretty good. 9.2 strikeouts per nine. Um, everything was looking pretty good where I was like, all right, he, he he passes some bars. He put up good stats. He has a solid amount of strikeouts. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of numbers like walks, 2.9 walks per nine. I'm like, if he could just, with this new pitch, with this new out pitch, maybe he can drop those walks, increase those strikeouts a little bit with this new splitter that he has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things. interesting things could happen. Might not happen. The splitter might be junk. I don't know. But I'm willing to take that bet that the splitter is good enough where all of a sudden you add a brand new good pitch to a player who is already good without it and you're going to be that much better.
1: Yeah. Plus, yeah.
0: And so you look at it and all of a sudden... Yeah, 2.45 ERA in 44 innings, still has more strikeouts than innings pitched at 47 strikeouts to 44 innings. Um, He has drastically decreased his walks, hits per inning pitch from 1.1 to 0.84. Hits per nine down, walks per nine down significantly from 2.9 to 1.2. I didn't expect that. When I'm looking for like walks per nine going down, I'm like, maybe he can drop from 2.9 to like 2.4. Mm-hmm. not 2.9 to 1.2 um, and then strikeouts per nine slightly up from 9.2 to 9.6. And you add that all together and it's just, you know, that much better of a pitcher if he's limiting more hits, limiting more walks, striking out of just a few more guys. And a lot of that has to do with he tinkered with this slider. He added a splitter. He can get guys out from on both sides of the plate. In fact, if we look at his splits and I did not look these up beforehand, so there is potential that I might sound like an idiot in real time. <laughs> um, but if you look at his split, so last year he gave up a 219, 2, 219 batting average, 283 on base. Okay, so 692 OPS versus righties compared to a 636 OPS against lefties. 692 to 636. All right, righties to lefties. On the year this year, 529 OPS against righties, 501 OPS against lefties.
1: Jeez.
0: Now not only are those both lower, but the difference between them is significantly closer.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's a 28 point difference compared to what was it before, like a 40, 50 point difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's the type of stuff I'm looking for. It's like, all right, can we can we make, you know, adding this splitter that should help you get out um, I don't remember what hand, you know, he has, but should help you get out the guys that mm-hmm. you couldn't get out before because yeah. you want a change-up and a curveball or a slider or something to go along with your fastball. And so for me, it was just worth the gamble type of thing. And so far, so good, it's paying off. Secondary condition to me picking Joe Ryan, and this is a relatively easy one. If you want to get buy somebody and make some money, make sure they're pitching in a really weak division. Make sure they're pitching against an AL Central <laughs> or an NL Central. Like uh-huh. I'm not picking, I'm not picking somebody to go out there and blow up against the like. I'm not going to go pick an Orioles pitcher to all of a sudden go dominate the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays. Like that's brutal. That Even crazy. the Red Sox, despite clearly on paper looking like the fifth best team in that division, still aren't any slouches. They can hit, you know. So like you don't want to, you don't want to like be bold and be like I think so and so on the Orioles is going to blow up, right? Shane McClanahan blew up last year on the Rays. He also has the added benefit of not having to face the Rays, right? True. I wouldn't want to pick somebody on the Red Sox. I like Tanner Houck. I'm not buying up his cards and hoping he blows up, considering how many games he would have to pitch against division opponents. True um so that's that's twofold division and uh whatchamacallit and then another one that i like to look at is um home runs per nine just mm. in general like if a guy has what i would consider to be a pretty good year um and he has a high home runs per nine in fact i can give you i can give you an example
1: real quick matt boyd back in three years ago four years ago
0: matt, matt boyd the uh, only- he,
1: pitches, he pitches today Yeah. Um, So, Corbin
0: Burns, um, let's see how many years ago this was. So, back in 2019, when he really struggled, he gave up 3.1 home runs per nine innings. But he struck out 12.9 guys per nine innings. Uh, He also gave up just an absolute ton of hits, 12.9. Now, when he was coming out next spring training, there was news that he had new pitches, and I said, well, if he's got new pitches, he literally can't do any worse. There's no way he gives up 3.1 home runs per nine again yeah. while striking out that many guys. There's just, there's too much upside here. I bought $75 worth of cards of his for dirt cheap. I mean, I, I bought, um, or not $75, $25 worth of cards. I think I sold them for $75 after like three weeks. I bought a purple tops chromato, a base tops chromato, um, and Allen and Ginter, mini framed auto, and a bunch of different, a bunch of different things for 25 bucks yeah. on checkoutmycards.com. And then sure enough, he came out the next year and we all know how that went. Right. Uh-huh. We know we know what Corbin Burns is now. Um, and so that's a nice thing I like to look at where I'm like, you know, where those home runs a little bit high. So when I'm looking at a guy like Hunter Green. I am worried about this past year. I was excited about Hunter Green. If you've listened to this long enough, you guys all know I was excited about Hunter Green. Um, If you look at his stats from last year, 7.4 hits, not too bad. 3.4 walks, would love for that to be lower. But 11.7 strikeouts per nine and a 1.7 home run per nine. In my head, I say, all right, if he can keep most of that stuff the same and just drop those home runs. just And I feel like a lot of home runs are luck. Mm Mm-hmm some of the time on the hitters part, you know, you throw home uh, Prince Fielder once said to Joey Votto that you don't hit home runs, home runs are pitched to you. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, maybe it's not luck, but also um, these thing, things tend to fluctuate year to year. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, all right, at 1.7 home runs, if he can just keep everything else the same and just limit the number of home runs he gives up on a year. Cause he gave up 24 last year, despite playing great American ballpark. I think this is a, actually a pretty good pitcher. And then if he can take a step forward, not just limiting home runs, if he can take a step forward in walks per nine or hits per nine, uh, you could have an actual really, really good pitcher on your hands. What's funny here is that he's taken a step backwards in hits per nine. He went from 7.4 to 9.7. He went from 3.4 walks per nine to 3.7 walks per nine this year. But his home runs per nine has gone from 1.7 to 0.9. And now he is throwing... 3.69 ERA ball in 39 innings, as opposed to 4.44 ERA ball in 125 innings last year. Yeah. So those are the two things where I'm like, you know, especially, especially the home runs per nine, it just seems so uh, unstable that if there is a drastically high one where the guy has still like really good strikeout numbers and stuff, I'm like, I'll take a gamble on that number coming down. Um, And then, seeing what happens
1: yeah so thoughts on i got a lot of different questions but one of my one question is like with stats like how much do you do looking at stats compared to the eye test uh and i have a follow-up question after that um it's a little bit of both like frankie
0: montas i saw his splitter on twitter right see joe Ryan's splitter on twitter uh some of that stuff where I see it, I'm like, yeah, that does look pretty nice. All right. That's good. Other stuff where you see enough, like Hunter Green, I didn't need to see an eye test on Hunter Green to know what he can do. Right? Yeah. I've seen – I saw how many games he carried no hitters into the eighth inning last year. Right? I think it was like four or something. Yeah. We know he throws 105. We know he's nasty. Um, So that I wasn't worried about. Uh eye testing that at all
1: yeah because I I don't know for me when I look at pitchers I use stats to like as one thing but then for me it's oh, like more than hitters but like for pitchers it's straight eye test for me is when I feel comfortable an example Freddie Peralta either last year or the year before that in spring training his slider I was watching a spring training game and his slider was sick and I was like where did this come out of? And I'm a fantasy baseball guy as well on top of cards, so I don't ever really like I don't know. I always find really good pitchers in fantasy baseball, but I'm always hesitant to buy them in cards, and I don't know why. Uh, but I need to kind of switch that.
0: Well, you know, when you, when you have it beaten into you by yeah. everyone in the card market that you shouldn't invest in pitchers, you just tend to believe that you shouldn't invest in pitchers when in fact. Like I didn't have that beaten into me when I started investing in the card market. True. And so when I got to the point where people were like, well, you don't invest in pitchers. I already knew that you could be successful in investing in pitchers. It's just the people that have it beaten into them time and time again, by people that have never invested that had it beaten into them by somebody else. None of those people have ever tried to invest in a pitcher. Likely they just hear it from somebody else. So they just say, Oh, well, that's the old adage. Can't do it. Yeah. So, I imagine
1: sense. that's what happened to you. Well, the thing that's crazy, now that I think about it, when I first started, I actually was all about buying pitchers, like like Verlander. Like, when I was young, Verlander was you know drafted by the Tigers. Young came, comes through the system. So, I was all over that. But that was an easier one because he was a, such a high pick. Um, but I don't know when it was when I stopped, really. Like, I dabble with some pitchers. One last year was the Joey Cantillo with – with uh with Cleveland just because of his strikeout rate mm-hmm. and like Tinkents, like there's some stuff where like if their stuff is so nasty, I will invest just because of how nasty it is. Yeah. And hopefully they develop into a pitcher, you know, like an actual complete pitcher. Yeah. Um but and we'll get saying. we'll get to
0: that side on the prospect side um of nastiness. Uh real quick, I just want to bring up one guy. One guy, Dylan Cease. He didn't have a new pitch I didn't know about. Um, there wasn't a drastic amount of home runs per nine that I was looking at. For Dylan Cease, that was a lot more risky pick. And the idea there was, well, he had he led the league in strikeouts per nine. He had a 3.91 ERA, um, 7.6 hits per nine, 1.1 home runs per nine, 3.7 walks. The idea there was, well, he doesn't really need to drop the home runs per nine because he already did that from the year prior to that year, and he – had a successful year um the idea was well he's just getting older he learns how to pitch more and maybe he can drop the hits per nine or the walks per nine down and that should unlock him a little bit more i didn't think maybe second inside young even though i had hopes i didn't think that was going to happen um and it ended up working out made some money on dylan Cease, but now you can see this year everything is backed right back up Hits per nine has gone way higher. Walks per nine has gone way higher. Home runs per nine has gone way higher, uh, despite having the same similar strikeout stuff. And now he is a negative wins above replacement pitcher on the year. And so, like, it was a risk. It paid off. And I also don't own any more Dylan Cease cards because I made sure to sell my Dylan Cease cards in that year because there there wasn't any drastically high thing to point to and say, oh, you know, it was just hoping for uh, minuscule gains here or there or anywhere else um, as he grows as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So that was that was one of those situations where it was definitely more of a risk, but it was just kind of hoping. It was just kind of hoping on my end, and it worked yeah. out.
1: So, question for there is like when is the right time? And we're talking players that are already made their debut, not prospects. Yeah, when is a good time to buy? Pitchers, and when is a good time to sell? A
0: good time to buy pitchers is when you, th- I think, is when they're showing a little bit, right? I'm not going to go out randomly and buy a dude who is getting blown up and hasn't, and has like an, a nine strikeout or anything. It doesn't look like he's showing anything, right? Like Dylan Cease was still showing 12.3 strikeouts per nine innings, a 3.91 ERA. Mm
1: hmm.
0: Like that was enough for me to be like, all right. If he can figure out a couple more things on the hits per nine or the walks per nine, which he did, he figured it out on the hits per nine and the and the home runs per nine. All of a sudden, you're a stud. Um, so I like to I like to find those guys that flash something, along with maybe flashing something bad. Hunter Green flashed strikeout potential while also flashing a high home run rate. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy like. Yeah, I'd like to invest in him. Um, but after his rookie year was done, not during, I like to see, I like. I. I don't think I've invested in a single pitcher in the majors during their rookie season. I like to see him. That means you'll miss out on some guys. I didn't buy into Spencer Strider, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but I like to see the full stats and um, then make a judgment. And then when to sell, that's really easy. If your guy starts blowing up,
1: so immediately, yeah. Because I like, yeah. I like the thing that you brought up about the rookie things, uh, the rookie thing as well. Because some rookies, I feel like, do really well in the beginning facing some teams because they, you know, like they'll face them for the first time. Yeah, never seen they never Yeah, but once they see him again, like especially in the division, it could be a way different start from the first start to the second start, and um, that's the real test. I feel like. Can I
0: interest you in a man named Taylor Youngman? Yeah. So Taylor Youngman was a former Brewers pitcher. Um, He was the 10th pick, 12th pick, 12th pick in the draft. Uh, uh, Jose Fernandez went um, 15th, no, 14th. And then we took Jed Bradley 15th, and then Sonny Gray went 17th, something like that. Like, it was just a real rough, rough time looking at two trash college pitchers we drafted and knowing that two really good high school pitchers are right there. But Taylor Youngman wasn't very good in the minors. He's kind of a disappointing first-round pick. And then 2015, he comes up, throws 119 innings of three seven seven ERA ball. And three seven seven ERA ball, to me right now, doesn't sound very good. After having li- watched years of Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, uh, and Freddy Peralta, 3.77 ERA sounds sounds like uh back end of the rotation type of guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But to 2015, Nathan, 3.77 ERA was amazing. Like, that was really good for a Brewers pitcher back then. And um, next year, 7.76 ERA. The year after that, he threw .2 innings uh, and gave up a run. And then he was out of the majors for the rest of his career, but in 119 innings in 2015, he had a 3.77 error. And so it's like it's like those guys that nothing really expected out of, and then all of a sudden do well. Uh, Taylor Youngman is your warning sign. <laughs>
1: that makes sense. That makes sense. Should we dive into some prospects? Or should we yeah. go over some cards, like maybe see what Joe Ryan's cards have done from the beginning of the season until now?
0: Well, let's let's talk about Bryce Elder, because Bryce Elder, uh, Jimbo brought him up before we started. You know, he's in his age 24 season this year. He's thrown 41 innings. He threw 54 last year and did well, 317 ERA. 41 innings, 174 ERA this year. And Bryce Elder has gone from $16, $17 a stadium club auto. You know, for pitchers, a lot of times, these secondary autos don't sell for much.
1: Not much at all.
0: And so Stadium Club, Gypsy Queen, Allen & Ginter, you know, that type of stuff. It just doesn't move the market. Well, $16, $17 bucks for a Stadium Club auto. You fast forward, not even a month. The last Stadium Club auto sold for 33 Wow. So uh, now that might have been like somebody overreacting to a fixed price, but still.
1: Yeah. One person
0: wanted it for 33.
1: The fact that even um, getting like 25 for it or like even the fact that it even sold for 17 in the beginning. It's true. Was pretty uh I thought that was high.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, Bryce Elder, and then uh, Joe Ryan, we can look up we can look up some Joe Ryan cards and see if we got All uh, let's stick with the uh, let's stick with the Stadium Club theme because he just had a gold auto Sell for 75 bucks. April 24th, same gold auto, $35. $40 April 22nd, $61 on April 16th. But that was number one of 50, and people are weird about that. April 16th as well, $40, $41 April 13th. So it has gone up from $40, $35 to the first sale in all of April to the first sale in May going for $75.
1: That's the way to do it. And if you really want to grind it out and you and you know your baseball well, you can find so many of these autos in value boxes. Because here is a, like I was making some for us, like, or I was just like sleeving some cards, and I was just like, Oh, sleep, sleep, put them in a box, whatever. And Jeffrey Springs was in there. Oh, right. Yeah. Like blue Tops Chrome Auto. And I was like, he's in a Texas uniform. I was like, I don't know who this dude is like five bucks. I didn't even comp it or anything. And then he had a, like, you know, a decent start of the year. And then he got hurt, unfortunately, but he looked yep. filthy, but I would have probably never have known he was in there. Um, If I wasn't obsessed with watching baseball, you know what I mean? Like, but if like, I could, I could go to a show and go through a value box. And now that I, if I find a Jeffrey Springs or whoever it is, if you know, the names, you can pick them up, and you can make some easy money that way. I'm telling you.
0: Last year, Kid comes up to the booth at the National, has a Dylan Cease Bowman Chrome Auto. He had a whole pile of cards he just picked up from somebody else's booth in the dollar boxes, and then has the, Bowman, the Dylan Cease. And I said, how much did you get this one for? And he didn't want to tell me. I was like, look, just because I know what you bought it for it doesn't mean that I can get it for any cheaper from you. Yeah. Like, Good point. Uh, he's like, I got it for a dollar. I was like, yeah. Uh, I ended up buying it from him for 20 bucks, Um, just because I loved Dylan Cease at the time. I was like, might as well have it, right? And uh, he got it for a dollar in a box in the middle of July, in the middle of a breakout season after a season in which he did pretty well. Still a dollar because those people aren't going back through their dollar boxes and looking in there.
1: Yeah. Dude, I remember that. I remember that card. And I remember that kid. I remember that that story. Uh, you tell me about it, like right after it happened. Yeah, yep. that's that's the thing. Like the big vendors, man. Like if they're not totally baseball people, they're not going to one know the pitchers' names, and two they don't care to even look them up. They're going to throw them in a value box, and if it if it's a really good deal, they're like, you know what? It is what it is. It's not worth the time of copying a hundred of them to find five that are worth. You know a non-value box, and they yeah. would rather someone go find them. So then they come back, like, "Oh, I found it once in here," and buy some other stuff. So go to your card shows, go to your card shops, find these value plays, make some money. May I call it manufacturing money?
0: Because all it does is take time. Yep, I mean yeah. I the the amount of times I I went back in the day through town, I went and bought every Devontae Graham prison base they had in a box. And I think I talked Rory, my guy Rory, down to like two bucks for <laughs> all of them because I was like, who in the world else is going to come in here, Rory, and buy these? It's true. I'm a Kansas fan, right? So we settled on $2 for like 10 of them. And then uh, he blows up and I'm like, what am I going to do with all... like?" When they're twenty cents, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll put them in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where, you're like, well, I really only need one for the collection. What am I going to do with the rest of these? So I sold them um, for twelve dollars a piece, twenty cents to twelve bucks a piece, right? And uh, that's the type of stuff you can do. Not that I was like, wow, I really expect Devontae Graham to blow up or anything, but like, that's the type of stuff, you- and and that wouldn't happen nowadays. Yeah. But- prism based that's not happening tops flagship based tops chrome based that's not happening right yeah but still uh stuff you can do is find value box plays but we should move on to prospects yep. and discuss what i look for in prospects let's do it all right um so on the other side of the spectrum besides rookie pitchers is the prospect pitcher and this is a little bit more interesting because you know, a lot of times you don't get to see them pitching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of times you don't get to, even if you do get to see them pitching, you can't really tell. Cameras are crappy. Mm-hmm. Angles are crappy. It's, uh, it's shaking. Yeah. So, so like, there's not a lot of eye test here. But what there is, is for me, a lot of times, is faith in an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really number one. I mean, you have to have a look, couple other things. We'll get into it. But faith in organization. If your organization is good at developing pitching, whether you're the Brewers or the Guardians or the Rays or the Dodgers or the Marlins, um, whoever you might be, if they are known for developing pitching, I'm interested in your pitchers. Mm-hmm. But I'm not interested in every pitcher, right? I mean, there's just pitchers that are just not interesting. They're back end guys, they're bullpen guys, and no matter what organization they go into, they're going to be that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're not a back end guy, and the Brewers turn them into a back end guy when they wouldn't normally be. But they're not. They're not magically going to add five mile per hour to their fastball. They're not magically going to add RPMs to their curve. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, some guys just aren't physically, like, take me and my brother. My brother has big hands. He can spin a curveball, or he could in high school, really, really well. I could not. Well, I had a very weak curveball, right? My brother had a great curveball, even though we're brothers. Come from the same family. Um, I could throw pretty hard, relatively, to my high school and the people around. Not relative to, like, other kids I know that actually threw hard. Uh, whereas my brother would probably top out at like 73, mm. right? So, you know, it's just one of those things where you got, you know, you got different talents and guys I heard one time, I don't remember who it was. Might've been Brandon Woodruff. He's like, no matter what, no matter how hard I try, I will not be able to throw Devin Williams changeup. Yeah, he's like, I can't, I just can't do what he does with his hand.
1: Um, Yeah. Remember who was the one pitcher for the White Sox back in the day, That did the Vulcan grip. I'm going like it was Catreras or something. Mm. Uh, I'm going blank on him, but he did. He he would put the grip in, uh, like he would grip the ball every time. He'd go to the mitt, and then he would switch it up. But this thing was nasty, and he was when that thing was doing well, he was doing well. When he wasn't doing like when that pitch wasn't doing well, he wasn't doing well. So like you would go, like, one good season, two bad seasons. It's so funny how it's, like, such a field. Pitching is such a field.
0: Well, so what makes Mariano Rivera so amazing? Yeah. He literally only threw a cutter. Yeah. Every single pitch. Everyone knew it was coming. And he still became the best closer in baseball. And not only that, not only the best closer in baseball in history of baseball, but he did it for so long.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, those guys – how many relievers have you seen that blow up for a season or two and then disappear into obscurity? Mm -hmm. And so that's makes it amazing. But anyways, we've gone off the rails. So prospecting, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variances there. And so for me, you know, number one is organization. See, if I like the organization, I'll probably like the guy, but I'm not necessarily buying every pitcher. Then you have to go down to the pitchers. You like the organization. Okay. Who do they have in their organization? And you look at their stuff. I'll bring up Jake, Jacob Masierkowski again. Um, or Gavin Williams to the Guardians. Or somebody like that, right? Oh, they have nasty stuff. Maybe they have a lack of command, but they have nasty stuff. Oh, well, this organization has done a pretty good job at taking guys with nasty stuff and figuring them out. All right, I will buy in cheaply to said player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's, pretty much, it's pretty much as easy as that for the most part. Um, start with the organization and then find the pitchers as opposed to finding the pitchers and then being like, oh man, I like this guy, but he pitches for the angels angels. Oh, wow. I, okay. That's a risk. I, you know, if he pitches for the Rangers, sweet. If he pitches for the angels, less sweet. If he mm-hmm. pitches for the Mariners, like, I don't know. I mean like, okay, some of their First round draft picks have been good, but who else outside of that have they really developed a ton? Like Matt Brash is just a disappointment every time I watch him pitch uh, nowadays. Um, so like you get those organizations that have a couple good guys, but they're really just first round picks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, though I maybe I'm Logan Gilbert was the first round pick, right?
1: Dude, I I they've I think they've turned the corner. I agree that a lot of them are you know the first round talent. They're doing something over there. They're figuring something out. Well, I just,
0: I just want to see more. I guess yeah, until exactly. I put a team into that, because like yeah, if it's not. just like for the Brewers, right? It's not first round picks. Brandon Woodruff right. was the eleventh round pick. Corbin yeah. Burns was a fourth. Um, Adrian Hauser was a throw in. Right, guys mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, okay, it's it's not it's not the cream of the crop. Freddie Peralta was an eighteen year old third piece of the third piece of the trade for Adam Lint. right? It's not cream of the crop guys, not first round picks, not second round picks. Even though we know in the, in the MLB draft that first round pick doesn't really mean as much as mm-hmm. other, other drafts. Right. But it's still, it's still something. Um, and so it, it is, it is always organization. You you have to, you have to build that reputation. Every organization can find a guy or two and turn them into good pitchers just because they're just good pitchers. Yes, sir.
1: Question. If you had a tier them, who is who is in tier one of teams of that, of that nature that develop?
0: Oh, well that's easy. We, we, we already talked about them. You got the Brewers, Brewers. you got the Rays, you got the guardians, you got the Dodgers. Um, You probably have the Astros. Astros. Yeah. Yeah. did I miss somebody that I should be saying right now? How about the Giants and the Padres? Um. Okay, so I, the Padres. I understand people thinking their pitching development is good. They did get Josh Hader back on track, but like, who have they actually drafted and developed pitching-wise that has done well? Well, here's Both the thing: guys they have are trade targets.
1: True. That's why that's why I brought it up because I was curious. Like, because I was just thinking, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray really took strides this year. Yep. But do you credit the Nationals for that, or do you credit the Padres for that, or is it? Well, Mackenzie just, Gore was stagnating
0: with the Padres, right? Um, and I, it's one of those one of those things where you know it's like specifically the Padres. I mean. Robert Gasser blew up last year after getting traded to the Brewer system. Eric Lauer became a much more interesting player after getting traded to the Brewer system. Um, Luis Patino was a failure in the Padre system and is even more a failure in the race system. So there just wasn't anything happening there. But, like, I mean, ha- Adrian Morhone, has he done anything? You know, uh, Luis Patino, he has he done anything? And you can keep going down that. Michael Baez, has he done anything? Like all of these young pitchers that are supposed to be developed by the Padres by and large failures. So like I would, I would put the Padres way down my list. Oh, okay. I curious. would, I would take them for hitting like they would be one of my top teams for hitting prospects and significantly down my list for pitching prospects.
1: Yeah. I, I um,
0: agree and I'm you just... get, you get those other teams like, like the Orioles. I don't know what to make the Orioles pitching development because like Guys like D.L. Hall and stuff have stagnated. Grayson Rodriguez took forever to get called up. Not sure what that was about. Um oh, and so it's it's like, I I want to believe in it, and yet I kind of don't. Um, and there's teams like that all over the place. And then there's teams that I just really I don't want to touch at all. Oh, the Marlins are in tier one.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. Wow. The
0: Marlins are in tier one. Sorry to Marlins fans if you're listening to this and not. Uh, figuring that one out right away that I should have that I missed him um so you have you have you have those guys uh the Giants I mean Logan Webb's really good Logan Webb's way better than I was expecting uh right but I'm not I'm not 100% sure where I put the Giants I know I put the twins like dead last if I had a last place I'd put the twins there um I, I mean even Joe Ryan doesn't really get credit for twins development
1: yeah I agree
0: because he was, he a, was red. a red, yeah. And yeah. their best pitching prospect in the last number of years that they like drafted and developed
1: was, uh, Johan what? Johan Santana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you spell Barrios? B e r r i o s. Oh, I'm on pro football folk or pro football reference. I'm like, why is this not coming up? Okay, so Twins are last uh question on that then okay going back to the prospects
0: real, real quick on jose Barros, just before we move on so his best year 3.68 era 200 innings 195 strikeouts right like that's solid but that's the best pitcher they have developed in 15 years maybe yeah.
1: i agree with that dude
0: yeah they're pitching, yeah. Somehow um, they
1: always squeak out a good rotation, though. But they don't. I don't well, know yeah, they, they, you know
0: they, they bring in they bring in guys. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting, and and I want to talk to you about this. You know the Tigers.
1: Oh come on.
0: Um, they're
1: they're doing pretty well. Yeah, I don't. They're two games under 500. If we jinx it, I I promise you, I will fly out there, <laughs> and I will not be happy. All right, we won't say anything mm-hmm. more on that. What I will say is, where do you rank
0: them in pitching? Because obviously, you know, they've had top draft picks, but they've also had target school balls, like a fourth-round pick, right?
1: Dude, it's it's literally like a like 50-50. That's the thing. Oh, like, you, cool. like you have a Justin Turner that, you know, just – Like, we've had some really high dra- – like we've drafted – pitchers for, like, the last 15 years in the first round. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and so that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, for every Casey Mize that you expect greatness from and every Matt Manning you expect greatness from, you're also finding these screwballs and these Wilmer Floreses. And then they're getting injured. And so I don't really know what to make of the Tigers because on one hand, I do think they are probably very good – at finding and developing talent. I think they're very bad at keeping said talent healthy enough to have like viable MLB careers. And so there's like a weird uh, middle ground there where it's like, all right, the team is really good at this one thing where I trust them. If they find a pitcher, I mean, they grabbed, uh, uh, man, what's his name? They grabbed a Brewers pitcher a number of years ago, and he's really he's really taken off in your organization. Um, it's like a short name. It's not Owen. Reese?
1: Oh. Yeah, Reese, Reese Olson.
0: Reese Olsen. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Reese Olsen has really taken off in your organization, and you grabbed him from the Brewers, and he he has um, blown up with you guys. He was okay for the Brewers, but he has become really, really impressive. Uh Uh, with you guys. And so it's like, I trust the Tigers to be able to spot the talent. Yeah. Just don't trust them to keep it healthy.
1: Well, that that's the thing with, and you know, it's a whole new regime there now with Scott Harris coming in. So it's hard to like speak on because it's, it's a, it's just a brand new squad. they might not
0: be able to evaluate talent anymore.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But the, the, the old regime with the Vila and Dombrowski is, they're the the thing that they were really good at is finding these these arms and this talent and but the development i don't know what happened with that uh a lot of times they just a lot of players just didn't get developed but they would just have loads and loads of talent and they would kind of just do it where it's like let's just let the cream rise to the top and go from there and that's why they would have they would cycle the bullpen oh my gosh man i'd be driving up to detroit these guys taking the the ballpark, you know, because it would be getting called up when I was 16 years old. And it was like every other day, a new bullpen arm. Uh, but, but yeah, nah but yeah, yeah. Yeah, we
0: don't want to drink some. Yeah, I really don't.
1: Like, but
0: yeah, I don't even want to. <laughs> we won't even, we won't even talk yeah. about it. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, yeah, so, so that was a long-winded way of saying, for the minor leagues specifically, for prospects, Yeah, I want I want organization first, pitching prospect second. Correct. If I vary from that, that pitching prospect better be amazing. hmm Right? Like just really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, all right, I can look past I can look past this because this dude is just insane and no matter where he's at, he's insane. Yeah. Like I don't know how I feel about the Phillies pitching development.
1: So but funny, I, mean, I was about to ask you about that.
0: But Andrew Painter's insane.
1: Yeah. So, so next question I, I have for you is, so when to buy and sell prospects?
0: Okay. So I'm glad you asked that because this was a point of emphasis for me that I was going to definitely forget. So it depends on where I buy them also. And this is a good, thank you for bringing this up because this was another point as well. Not only the buying and selling, but you know, what levels I'm buying. I'm okay buying a pitching prospect. If a pitching prospect looks nasty entering A ball, I want to buy said pitching prospect in A ball because he is likely going to be overpowering for A and high A, Mm -hmm. especially in some of those leagues with massive parks. Mm -hmm. Right? So so for me, if dude has just insane stuff and I can buy in for $7 and maybe sell out it, say 15 the moment he's getting called up to double a or 20 or 25 i'm gonna do that and i'm not gonna deal with him pitching in double a at all I like and it. so i'd like to buy in earlier on prospects that have nasty stuff and then let it ride and sell sell later in some scenarios you know if if like I really do believe in the organization. And I think like Gavin Williams, if I was buying Gavin Williams and a ball and he's done what he's done this entire way, I would just wait for him to get called up because the Indians or the guardians have this magical thing about them where whoever they call up just dominates. Dude. And will dominate for a number of years.
1: It's horrible. It's horrible.
0: Well, it's horrible. And yet it's also great for you, Mr. Gavin Williams owner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not great. I would much rather the Indians be, I don't know. Or the the Guardians be. I don't. The who did you say was very loud? Well, I guess the Twins are in our division. I don't know. Someone that can't develop pitching. It's very tough. this no name. Come, comes up for their debut and it's like, oh, we're going to rock this rookie. And then he throws seven, you know, seven with one earned run and three hits or something crazy. Like, you know how many times I've seen that? Cliff Lee. Uh, jake uh jake westbrook or whatever that guy's name was there were mm-hmm. so many shane beaver ah uh, just man it's brutal
0: um this reminds me that we should really the royals should have been on there somewhere because like how many royals pitchers how many jackson coars and brady singers and stuff that they've spent first round draft picks on have become just absolutely atrocious like, there was a while where they spent, like, every first, second, third-round pick on pitchers, and you were like, oh, my goodness. The Royals are going to be amazing in, like, four years when they have, like, the best pitching staff in the world. You fast-forward four years, and the pitching staff is terrible.
1: But they did – the thing with them, though, is they were on a hot streak. You know, like, when they won in 15. Yeah. Their their pitching staff was what won.
0: Yeah, it was amazing,
1: especially – What
0: happened to that Finnegan guy? You
1: remember that kid, Brandon Finnegan? Yeah, I don't know. He's he's a lefty, right? They they bring him out of the yeah. He was from like TCU,
0: and he got called up like first year, and yeah, and then he
1: got traded. Bullpen, you know how they cycle through. And and then he
0: was out of the majors at 25. Dude, it happens, man.
1: That's the thing with pitchers. That's why it's so scary.
0: That's why you sell. You sell when you're making news. And that's why I'm okay. I'm okay buying Jacob Macierkowski while he's pitching in a ball and I'm okay selling in double a, as long as he has good numbers. Yeah. But if you look really, really good and Gavin Williams looks like he's really, really, really good. Yeah. He looks good. Those are those situations where I'm okay. Holding or even buying more. So um, hopefully that, that answers any, any other questions we are closing in on an hour here. So,
1: Yes. One last question. Name one prospect that you like pitching wise. One pitching. That's not someone you mentioned today.
0: One pitching prospect that I like. Oh.
1: (laughs) Man, off the top of my head, I don't know if I. The only one I can think of is that that kid from the Reds I told you about last week, but I already forgot his name. Oh, Bryce Petty. No, not him, which I do like from the Twins. Or Yeah, he was from the Twins, right?
0: Or Bryce Petty. Chase Petty? Chase Chase Petty. Petty.
1: Yeah. It's not him. It was 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 the the Abbott kid or whoever. The one that had just crazy numbers. Andrew Abbott? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Honestly, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I don't have anybody off the top of my head that is like, you know nobody that's like way down there I guess Tank Hence would be like my go-to like I yeah. really like him.
1: Too many people know him now though.
0: No I know I know I know that's why that's why I don't have any I I would be better I'd be better prepared next week to answer right. that question. I have been I have been let's say lax. We'll go with lax on buying of or or in Checking out minor league pitchers this year.
1: There's not even a Brewers pitcher that you know of,
0: outside of Jacob Mysiorkowski. No. Oh wow. No, I, I'm I'm telling you, I've been I've been I've been lax as can be.
1: That's good though. Lax I guess is good, maybe man. like
0: uh I know I just harassed the Padres. They just <laughs> drafted Dylan Lesko, who's interesting um from a, like a cheap first round draft pick standpoint, or and and henry williams i don't know why i'm stuck on padres pictures here but henry williams was like a duke pitcher that got injured was injured a lot in college and he has some interesting things for being absurdly cheap where it's like look for everything bad about the padres and how they haven't developed in the majors these guys do make names for themselves in the minors yeah right so the padres would probably be if we're moving to if we're talking about prospecting, the Padres would probably be closer, you know, they're closer to the bottom for major league guys. They might be closer to the top for getting these pitchers to make names for themselves and being able to sell them. But I wouldn't want to hold those pitchers to call it because I just don't trust that team at all.
1: Yeah. No, a ball,
0: a mean... ball, maybe, you know, maybe I would buy a Dylan Lesko or a Henry Williams and just see what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any names for it because I, I'm still not out of my, like, I'm going back and I'm thinking, like, I'd, I've made a lot of money off pitchers, but it's mm-hmm. so little, like, not very often. And it's like, why don't I just go back to the well on that? But um,
0: I guess one more, to... since I'm stuck on Bowman draft. Owen Murphy just came out. Uh, Braves. Braves pitching prospect Owen Murphy just came out. Uh, we're talking blue non-auto selling for 10 bucks base auto selling for 20 aqua lava selling for 20
1: Who was what was his name
0: uh owen murphy i've seen he was, he was their first round pick last year and he's uh he's obviously doing really well in a ball it is only a ball but he is a high school kid so oh. like you know, that's that's also a name of interest where I'm like, it's not like a deep dive anywhere. It's not a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth round pick. Um, but it is I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, dude, eight if you're if you got drafted last year out of high school and you're a college, or a high school arm and you're pitching in single A and doing well, mm-hmm. that's not very easy to do. I've seen a lot of good pitchers fail with that first jump.
0: Not only is he doing well, and look at his strikeouts per nine. 12.3.
1: Oh, geez. In what league is he in?
0: I don't know. Is it I, the I don't Florida
1: third Tortugas?
0: I do not know. Um, I have to look that up on um, Baseball Reference to be able to find that one out real quick. Uh, Carolina League. Gotcha. So to my neck of the woods. Yep. So yeah. So there you go. There's a couple names: Dylan Lesko, Henry Williams, Owen Murphy, Jacob Masierkowski.
1: There you go, people.
0: That's who I'd I'd be looking at at least. And I think I would go with the Owen Murphy and Jacob before Dylan Lesko or Henry Williams. And really, Henry Williams, just as an aside. Henry Williams is really a huge risk, but we're I mean he's he's super cheap.
1: Yeah. Do you I know, know we should
0: oh, like new autos for like seven
1: bucks? Oh yeah. You know what we should do? Is the people that are listening, if you are interested about pitching prospects, you should DM us on Dinning Corners on Instagram saying we want more pitching talk, and maybe we do one pitching prospect a week on top of a position player because then that will force me to go look and try and find someone.
0: I like it. So, hey, here we go. Um, So Henry Williams, he last threw as a 19-year-old in college at Duke, 37 innings, 3.65 ERA, 45 strikeouts in those 37 innings. Uh, Now this year he gave up three runs, none of them earned, which is deceptive. Um, in two innings in a ball, so like it's it's a, a gigantic risk. But when you get a guy who's pitching at a ACC school like mm-hmm. Duke and doing pretty well as a sophomore, and then hasn't pitched in a while, it's like a moldable, moldable clay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like talent moldable clay that uh, the Padres system gets. Where it's like I, I just I'm very I'm very curious as to I mean obviously missing that many years in a row can have a, its effect, and he could just be. You know, you could be bad, but when we're talking, when we're talking, a base auto for a dollar and thirty-one cents.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: A blue auto for ten dollars. You
1: know, we're we're not talking we're not talking big money here. So, so question for you: Would you rather have two small McDonald's McFlurries or one blue auto of the guy you just said?
0: Oh, one blue auto of the guy I said. All me too.
1: Yeah, I always use.
0: Also because i go to mcdonald's and they wouldn't have a working McFlurry machine so yeah. you know you know how that is you ever go to mcdonald's like oh sorry it's out of order no really happens all the time <laughs> actually i haven't gone to mcdonald's in probably over a year but when i used to like try to get a shake chocolate shake
1: or hmm. or machines down. so the only reason why I, why i know is because uh morgan my wife she was like we got we got to go get McFlurry's last night. So we went and it was the first time we ever went. And I was like, watch ice cream machine. will probably be down because people always talk about that. Nope. It was up and running, but it was $9 and some cents for two small ones. And I was like, I'd rather have a Henry Williams blue auto.
0: Rather go to Culver's man.
1: We don't have them here. I don't
0: know. Missing out. Uh, I actually, I live somewhere that doesn't have them. I will say this on one last thing on McDonald's. The joke is that they're always down. But if I had a dollar for every time I've been to a McDonald's that has had an a ice cream machine down, I'd have a lot of money right now. Like, that's the joke, but it's also super true. Yeah. So You heard uh, it here first. Yep, you did. Alright, Jimbo, any last words? Uh,
1: announcements? Are we going to announce it? What are we announcing? You can see me right now
0: yeah I can video. See it. here announce it announce it oh video. yeah video all right so jimbo and i tentatively or should Let's we just say on. we are doing it two we weeks are doing it two weeks from now we will be on the YouTube yes. as well as podcasts so if you want to see uh jimbo's beautiful fi- face and my much less beautiful face you can join us on youtube in two weeks should be a grand old time, um, okay. and uh, we will even have. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll we'll share some pages and stuff, so you can see what stats and everything we're looking at
1: mm-hmm. in
0: live time. And cards,
1: we'll bring and some cards. cards live. We'll have a good old time.
0: We'll have a grand old time, as the kids grand. say. Actually, okay. if any kid says grand old time, uh, I'll question if they're actually a fifty-year-old in disguise. <laughs> True
1: that.
0: Uh, anyways, thank you everyone for listening to today's Dinging Corners. Uh, we had a good pitcher talk today. Enjoyed it. Hope you guys didn't too, did too. If you have any questions, please again, DM us at Dinging Corners or at Slabstocks Nate or at Jim Bro cards on Instagram. And we will be happy to answer any questions we can. Obviously time permitting. Um, I, I have to now add that in because I don't always have time to answer DMs, but I do try to get to them when I can. Um, But thank you, everyone, for listening today, and we will talk to you next Friday. Deuces!